6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of 1 Chronicles, chapters 1 through 3. He has a son by the name of Kenan. Not Canaan, as some Bibles have it, but it's Kenan. In fact, the Kenites, there's a pun on the Kenites that Balaam uses in Numbers and so forth. Anyway, Kenan can mean sorrow, dirge, or allergy. These are kind of grim names to go through school with, right? Um, so when he has a son, he, he changed the pattern here a little bit. He names him a mouthful, but a fabulous name. Mahalalel, which, Mahal, which means the blessed or praised one, and El, the name for God. Mahalalel means the blessed or praised God. He has a son by the name of Yared. Now, Yarad is a verb which means shall come down. And there's some reasons for this I'll spare going into here. Enoch we've mentioned, but what does his name mean? His name means, it's, a, it's an academic term referring to commencement or teaching. And uh, he, by the way, the oldest prophecy uttered by a prophet in the Old Testament is ushered, <clears throat> was uttered by Enoch. Before the flood of Noah was a prophecy of the second coming of the Messiah. Enoch also the seventh from Adam, prophecy of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So his prophecy tells us that the Lord's coming is sure, that we know who will accompany him, that the purpose of his coming and the result of his coming. It's a very important prophecy. You'll find it in the book of Jude. Now, Enoch was translated, or raptured, if I can use that term, halfway between Adam and Abraham. Elijah was translated halfway between Abraham and Christ. So these two characters are well known to most of us that have studied the Old Testament. And uh, so, Enoch walked with God. Now, that was not a casual stroll. That landed for 300 years. He did that, according to Hebrews 11. They were in agreement. He was surrendered to God, and he witnessed of him. And all the privileges he had are available to you and I today. Okay, so we talked about Methuselah. He was the next one. We've gone through all that. Lamech is, is his son. And here's a root that is not just in Hebrew, it's in English also. In our word lament or lamentation. The, 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 Lamech, the, the root in the Hebrew means despairing or its equivalent. And then we have Noah. How many of you have heard of Noah in here? Okay, about 60%. That's not bad. <laughs> Noah's name, two-letter name, comes from Nacham, which means to bring relief or comfort, and comfort or rest, if you will. So here we are. Here we, we see this genealogy, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, Yared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and Noah. Man, the pointed, mortal sorrow. With blessed God shall come down teaching that his death, whose death? God's death shall bring the despairing comfort or rest. Now, there's no way you'll ever convince me that a group of Jewish rabbis contrived to hide a summary or precy of the Christian gospel in a genealogy in the Torah. 
No way. This also tells you that God's plan of redemption was not a knee-jerk reaction to being surprised by Adam's sin. He, the, the, the Trinity uh, planned this before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1.4. One instrument, the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. And the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. Now, for most of you that have been through our Learn the Bible 24 hours, this is by way of review, but I had to start with some, a warm-up here. And at this point, let's take a look. What we're, let's go on now. So, the sons of Japheth. We've got three sons Ham, Shem, uh, of Noah. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's take Japheth first. Sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Yavan, and Tubal, and Meshech, and Tiras, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rephath, and Tagarmah. This suddenly plunges us into the material of Genesis 10, called the Table of Nations to most of us. And we have Noah's three sons. And Japheth had Gomer, Magog, Madai, Yavan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. And from that we have the nations, Herodotus and Plutarch and so forth, talk about Gomer as the ancestor to the Sumerians who settled along the Danube and the Rhine, Ashkenaz, uh, Riphath. Uh, the, strange as it may seem, the name Europe may have come from Riphath. The uh, Tagarma, the Armenians, Turkey, Turkestan. Also Magog, the Scythians, we'll talk a lot about them as we, as we face the reality of the, inv the impending invasion of Israel by the Magogians or the Scythians. Hesiod, the Greek didactic poet, makes this clear. Herodotus, there's other, we won't get into all of that here. Madai, or the Medes, known today mostly as the Kurds, emerged by the 10th century in a coalition with Persia to the 7th century. And then we have Tubal, Meshech. These are all Turkish or Greek um, roots here that we're talking about. Let's move on to Japheth. We have Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rephoth, and Togarma, and Yavin, Elisha, Tarshish, Ketim, and Dudanim. Well, that's the Japheth drawing. Let's take a look at Ham, the other son, Cush, Mitzram, Put, and Canaan. And uh, Mitzram is upper and lower Egypt. Cush is Ethiopia, and also the Kassites, everything east of Assyria in that sense. Uh, settled, they settled primarily south of the second cataract of the Nile, which is generally the, that identity. This, of course, leads to Nimrod, the first world dictator. And uh, then west of uh, Egypt, Put, what we consider as North Africa. And then Canaan, Sidon, the Gaza, Sodom and Gomorrah, and all that. And Kite and the Sinites, which lead to Far East, strangely enough. And then we have Shem. Now, that's the, you'll discover the Chronicle is most concerned, these other incidental to his purpose, is Shem, because from Shem will come Abraham, and from that will come David. So we have Shem, who gives rise to Elam, Asher, Afaxad, Lud, and Aram. And uh, so... As we go through all of these, in the days of Pelegs, when the earth divided, some people think that may be a reference to continental drift. Others think it has to do with the division of, of the languages, and whichever. But in any case, it's from Peleg that we have a string that finally leads to Terah, the father of Abraham. So that's the thread that the Chronicle is primarily concerned with. And you'll discover the Bible, most of the Bible is written as a preservation of the Messianic line. You'll see plots and counterplots and all kinds of shenanigans as Satan tries to wipe out the messianic line, and God always obviously outsmarts him. And so it can be viewed as a drama in just those terms. Now, if we go through and list all of these, you'll discover that in Shem there are 26 nations, under Ham there are 30, under Japheth 14, that adds up to 70. It's interesting that there are 70 nations from Noah, there's also 70 families that enter Egypt. 
It's interesting how the Bible seems to put in juxtaposition the Gentiles and its chosen people, and it's in both cases in 70 divisions. I think that's interesting. We tend to think of, 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 of uh, the chosen people as, as, as one of many, many different threads. The biblical point of view, it counts for half of them, in a sense. Not maybe in numbers, but in, in significance, in more than that in significance. Well, moving on then in Chronicles, the sons of Yavin were Elisha, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dananim, sons of Ham, Cush, Mitzrayim, Put, and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Zeba, Havilah, Sabada, Ramah, Saptaka, and uh, the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan, which are basically Saudi Arabia. And Cush begot Nimrod, and he began to be mighty upon the earth. This is where Nimrod is the first world dictator, and one that deserves a lot of our attention because he may be in many ways, more ways than most people realize, a foreshadowing of the final world dictator. Mitzrayim is Egypt. Mitzrayim begot Ludim, Anamim, uh, Lehaben, Naphtubim, and uh, Pathrusim, Pathrusim, and Kazlubim, of whom came the Philistines and the Kaphthorim. And Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite also, and the Amorite, and the Gergesite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sinite, and the Arabite, and the Semurite and the Hamathite. These are, many of these are the tribes that will occupy Canaan and will occupy our concerns all through uh, Joshua and Judges and following. There's one name here you might notice, the Sinite. It's the, it's the term from which uh, we get the term uh, uh, from which China, the study of China gets Sino, uh, uh, you always see Sino-Russian relationships. It's a, it's a prefix of the Chinese, the Far Easterners. The sons of Shem, Elam and Asher, and Arphaxad, and Lud, and Aram, and Uz, and Hul, and Gether, and Meshech. And Arphaxad begot, he's the important one to us, begot Shelah, and Shelah begot Eber. And some people think that Hebrew may be from Eber. Some feel it's those that cross the river. I won't go down that path here. In any case, under Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, because in his days the earth was divided. And his brother's name was Yachtan. And Yachtan begot Almadad, and Shelah, and Hazar Mavath and Zerah and, and Yerah, I should say. Hadaram also and Uzal and Dikla and Ebal and Abimael and Sheba and Ophir and Havilah and Yobab. All these were the sons of Yachtan. Shem, Arphaxad, Shelah, Eber, Peleg, Ru, Zerig, Nahor, Terah, Abram. The same is Abraham. He obviously gets his name changed in Genesis 17 or wherever. Shem is the important one for you and I, because we have Persia. Out of our exit comes, of course, the, the, the line that we're interested in. Uh, Aram is, in effect, the, is Assyria, if you will. Aramaic comes from Aram, if you will. And, uh, but, of course, our Abraham will constitute the chronicler's focus as we go further. The sons of Abraham, Isaac and Ishmael. It's interesting that they're in that order. That's not the order they were born. Be careful of biblical orders here. And these are generations. The firstborn of Ishmael takes Ishmael first to get him out of the way, so to speak. Ishmael, Nebioth, then Kedar, Abdil, and Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Atima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kadima. These are the sons of Ishmael. There's 12 of them, just as there will be 12 um, to Jacob. And Abraham is our key player so far, mentioned 74 times in the New Testament. He's venerated by all three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all venerate Abraham. 
He has distinctive titles in the scripture, the father of the faithful in Hebrews 11, the friend of God in James 2, and so on. His, his father was Terah, and Terah had Abraham, Nahor, Haran, and a daughter by the name of Sarai. And Abraham marries his, his, his sister. So when he passes her off as his sister rather than his wife, he's only half lying. But of course he's misleading, so he's guilty of lying, but still... Many people overlook the fact that, yes, he, she also was his sister. And he has, of course, two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. Nahor is going to have Bethuel, Uz, Buzz, Kemuel, Kisid, Hazo, Bildash, and Yedlaf. Haran is going to have Milcah, Iskar, and one by the name of Lot. And you recognize that Lot, thus, is a nephew of Abraham. That's going to become important later on. Bethuel has Rebekah and Laban. And uh, obviously Isaac uh, is interested in Re Re Rebekah, but he ends up getting, uh, 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 well, from her, he, he gets Esau and Jacob. Esau is going to be the perpetual enemy of Jacob. It'll even start inside the womb. Um, Bethuel has a son by the name of Laban who has two daughters, Leah and Rachel. And that, those are the two that Jacob, of course, will have his eye on and ultimately marry both of them. And uh, uh, Lot has um, uh, two sons by incest, uh, Moab and Ammon. So that's the picture of Terah's family. And so we have, let's take another look at the sense of Abraham. He has Isaac by Sarah. He has Ishmael by Hagar. Under Keturah, he has a whole string of them. Zimran, Jokshan, Median, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. From Jokshan, we have Sheba and Dedan, commonly associated with Saudi Arabia, the, Saudi, the, the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. And uh, under Midian, there's a whole other list of them. The point is, these, the uh, Sheba and Dedan of Saudi Arabia, these others under Midian are the Bedouins. Now, what's interesting about these is that um, uh, all of these trace themselves back to Abraham, but through Keturah, not through Sarah, and, uh, or even Hagar, for that matter. Now, it's going to get a little more complicated, because under Ishmael, he has his 12 sons. Esau strikes out pretty early to uh, abandon his, he not only sells his birthright, but he deliberately, to offend his parents, takes uh, wives of the Ishmaelites. And so the Edomites, or the Esau descendants, and the Ishmaelites co-mingle. So strangely enough, no one, no one with any real certainty can truly trace his lineage back to Ishmael. They like to make those claims, but it turns out it ain't that easy. They're commonly called in the press Arabs, but that's, a, that's again a mis misnomer. They may or may not have anything to do with the Arabic ethnic background, or the geography of the Arabian Peninsula. But let me just put, put a caution flag there when you use that term, realize that most people are probably misusing it. Let's talk about the wives. Let's take these by wives. Now the sons of Keturah, Abraham's concubine, she bears Zimran, Yaksan, Midian, Midian, Ishbak, Shua, and these are the sons of Yaksan, Sheba, and Dedan, and the sons of Midian, Ephah, Ephur, and Hanok, Enoch, and Abida, and Eldah, and all these are the sons of Keturah. I thought the charts are easier to follow than the text, but let's go on. And Abraham begot Isaac. The sons of Isaac were Esau and Israel, using the preferred name here. The sons of Esau were Eliphaz, Ruel, Jairus, 
Yalam, and Korah, sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zephi, Gatham, Kenaz, and Timnah, and Amalek. The Amalekites are going to be very important downstream, but in any case, we're dealing, when you're talking about the sons of Esau, you're talking about generally are the virulent adversaries of Israel. The sons of Ruel were Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Missah. The sons of Seir, uh, Lotan, Shobal, and Zibion, and Anna, and Dishbon, and Ezer, and Dishon. The sons of Lotan, Hore, and Homan, and Timnah was Lotan's sister. The sons of Shobal were Elian, Menahath, and Ebal, Shephi, and Onam. And the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anna. The sons of Anna, Dishon, the sons of Dishon, Amram, Ishban, Ithron, and Charon. The sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Yaktan, the sons of Dishon, Uz, and Aran. All these are the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the children of Israel. Bela, the son of Beor, and the name of his city was Dinhaba. And when Bela was dead, Jobab, the son of Zerah of Basra, reigned in his stead. And when Jobab was dead, Hushan, the land of the Temanites, reigned in his stead. And when Hushan was dead, Hadad, the son of Bedad, which smote Midian in the field of Moab, reigned in his stead. And the name of his city was Avith. And when Hadad was dead, Samla of Masrachah reigned in his stead. And when Samla was dead, Shaul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his stead. And when Shaul was dead, Baal Hanan, the son of Achbor, reigned in his stead. And when Baal Hanan was dead, Hadad reigned in his stead. The name of his city was Pei, and his wife's name was Mehetabel, and the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mesahab. Hadad died also. The dukes of Edom were, and there's a ten of them, or eleven of them, Duke Timnah, Duke Aliah, Duke Yedith, Duke Aholabamah, Duke Elah, Duke Penon, Duke Kenaz, Duke Temen, Duke Mitzbar, Duke Migdale, Duke Imran. These are the Dukes of Edom. Anyone want me to read those again? <laughs> I sure hope not. I don't think I could do it twice in a row. But anyway, the, du the Dukes or the leaders of Edom are adversaries. Okay, let's go to chapter 2. It's going to get more interesting. We're going to jump into specifically the genealogy of Judah. That's our primary target here anyway. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Yosef, Benjamin, Naphtali, God, and Asher. The sons of Judah were Ur and Onan and Shelah, which three were born unto him of the daughter of Shua the Canaanitess. And Ur, the firstborn of Judah, was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he slew them. We're going to discover that all three of these boys do not provide issue that God is interested in. Very strange things going on here. Let's back up and take up these 12 patriarchs. Refresh our memory here. Abraham, of course, had Sarah. And Hagar, of course, had Ishmael. But under Sarah, he had Isaac and who, uh, and with Rebekah. Had two, Esau and Jacob. We again, we'll follow the main line here. Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel. And Leah bore four. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Rachel, being uh, barren, figured she, she resorted to a procedure that was common in those days to give her handmaid as, a, as her uh, uh, surrogate, Bilhah, and through that has Dan and Naphtali. Leah figures, gee, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, I guess, so she gives her handmaid, Zilpah, to Jacob, through whom we have Gad and Asher. By this time, 
Rachel bears. She has Joseph. And so here's Jacob's with his, the first, the son that he, of the one he, he loved Rachel more than life itself. So you can tell right away Joseph, not, be, not only because he's the youngest, but he's also from Leah, gets very favored treatment. You know the story of Joseph. Meanwhile, Leah bears a couple more, Issachar and Zebulun. And Rachel, although she dies in childbirth, provides Benjamin. So those, there you have the twelve. And it would be simple except for the fact Joseph, when he rises to prime minister of the known world at that time, he has two children from his Egyptian wife, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they get adopted by Jacob as his sons. So Jacob really has a group of 13 to choose from, because you've just split Joseph into two halves, so to speak. So recognize that when you read your Bible, because you'll often see all 12 listed with one missing. And you don't have 11, you still have 12 with one missing. How do they pull that off? With the baker's dozen. There's 13 to choose from. So there's times that Levi is not mentioned because they don't go to war, but you still have 12 tribes going to war. Follow me? I'll show you some surprising ways before this thing is over. Anyway, those, they're the tw famous 12 tribes. Leah had her four. Each one's, each one's name has a meaning. Reuben, behold a son. Simeon means herd. Each one of these are results of prayer in their birth. And you want to learn those names. They're in the margin of most of your study Bibles because these tribes are listed. Let me get through these. Bill has two, then, then uh, Zilpah has two, Leah has a couple more, then Rachel has her two. The story of Tamar is a strange, sordid little story tucked in in Genesis 38. Genesis 37 introduces Joseph and the rest of the book of Genesis from 37 to 50 is this incredible drama of Joseph as he gets sold into Egypt, rises to become prime minister of the world and all that. Right in the middle of all this, or not in the middle of the second chapter, of this, there's, there's a strange episode where Tamar, because she was denied husbands from, from, from uh, Judah, poses as a prostitute, gets impregnated, unknowingly gets impregnated. He unknowingly impregnates her thinks she's a prostitute, not knowing, and, and uh, so she has, uh, she's his daughter-in-law, so he, through, through, his, through her father-in-law, he, she has two sons, Perez and Zerah, and uh, all the, so they're considered sons of Judah, strangely, um, and God is, what God is doing here is he's preserving the Messianic line, strangely enough. And anyway, uh, so Tamar has these twins, Perez and Zerah, and Perez is going to be very important to us as we go. The sons of Pharaoh were Hezron and Hamul, and the sons of Era was Zimri, Ethan, Hemel, Calcol, and Dara, five of them in all. And the sons of Carmi, Achar, the troubler of Israel, who transgressed in the thing accursed. There's mis uh, Midrashic legends that from Zerah, not Pharaoh's, the other guy, will ultimately come Rachel. So she may have a, a linkage in here too, at least in legend. Moving on, and the sons of Ethan were Azariah, the sons of Hezron were born unto him. Jeremiel and Ram and Cheluabai, and Ram begot Amminadab, and Amminadab begot Nashon, and the prince of the children of Judah, and Nashon begot Salma, and Salma begot Boaz. Salma begot Boaz by marrying Rachel, incidentally. Now, it's incidental to the chronicler's purpose, but it's an interesting thing to understand that Boaz's mother was a Moabite. Anyway, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse. And these, this little string is going to be very important to us in a minute. 
When you get to Genesis 38, that's the strange chapter we find inserted in the story of Joseph. And if you look at it in the Hebrew, remember Hebrew goes from right to left. At 49 letter intervals, we find the name of Boaz. Well, that might be just a statistical accident. Except we continue at 49 letter intervals and we get the name of Ruth. And if you continue in this, you'll find at 49 letter intervals the name Obed. And then at 49 letter intervals, you find the name Yishe or Jesse. And then you find at 49 letter intervals the name of David. Now let's add this up. You have in, encrypted in the text itself the name of Boaz, Ruth, Obed, Jesse, and David. All in 49-letter intervals, and all in chronological order. The chances of this just occurring as an accident of language has one chance in 70 million. It's been estimated. I think that's kind of interesting to discover that David's genealogy is encrypted in the books of Moses, long before Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and the time of David. Centuries before they're embodied here, that also implies that God gave the Torah letter by letter. There's a strange prophecy when when Ruth and Boaz get married. At their wedding, someone says, Let your house be like the house of Pharaoh's, who Tamar bare unto Judah of the sea, which the Lord shall give of this young woman. Well, if you know the story of Pharaoh's and Tamar, and someone said that at your wedding, you'd say, Same to you, fella. You know? But you see, it's not a toast, it's a prophecy. You have to know that in the Torah, a bastard cannot enter into the congregation until the tenth generation. In other words, for ten generations, he cannot inherit. When you take a look at Pharaoh's genealogy, the tenth generation from Pharaoh's is, guess who? David. So there again, in the last few verses of chapter 4 of Ruth, which is in the time of the judges, we have David prophesied again in the text. In the text. Boaz, Obed, Jesse, David. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. You can also call us on 1-800-K-HOUSE-1. To learn more about Koinonia Institute, visit koinoniainstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.